This is all God. There's not no Michael Putnam standing here right now. It's the Holy Spirit. Okay? It's nothing about me. It's nothing about the pastors. Nothing. It's, it's all about what God's doing. You see, and that's the reason why I can look and I can see things fixing to start happening. I, I can see people being delivered and set free instantaneously from addictions and all this kind of other stuff. This is your moment. Experience God's love and God's peace with us. See what God is doing for your neighbors at Crosspoint. Be blessed with today's broadcast. I apologize. I felt it well enough when you were singing, Maggie. This is an extremely special day for me. Uh, I apologize. Uh, I'm trying to get through this. Uh, I, I wasn't anticipating this part right here happening. Uh, okay. Gotta let you guys know what's going on. Uh -oh. First and foremost, my oldest son's one of them is being baptized tonight, and uh, yeah. uh that means a whole lot. And I, I thank God for that and I give Him all the glory. And some else you might not know. Uh, I've got a brother from another mother and his family sitting right over. Uh, me and him has shared a lot through our lives and uh, we was out in the mess together for a long time different, different aspects you know but we spent a lot of time together I pretty much lived down there didn't I Bubba and uh, we sat down at his house and you know we'd I'll be honest with you we drank carried on and always ended up turning into a church service I mean, it's just what had always happened down there. We always start talking about the Bible, and we start talking about God, and here we was drinking, acting fools, you know, but that's just the way it always happened. And uh, we always knew that this night would come. <laughs> Almost 20 years. They was here yesterday, and... Uh, being here tonight, man, it means so much to me, guys. Thank you. This tells you God's promises are true. You know, because we've we seen it even way back then. You know, we knew what was going to happen. We did. Both went separate ways for a long time. I went totally hog wild in one direction, you know, and, uh, we had our own things and circumstances and situations in life we had to deal with. We dealt with a lot with each other. I was there for him. He was there for me at times that I needed him the most. I, I told my wife today, I said, that's the one person in this whole entire world 
If I hadn't even talked to him in five years, if I gave him one phone call and told him I need him, he'd be there, and it's the same for me with him. You know, and that's just to, just to be here tonight doing this, man, it is such a blessing. And I didn't realize, I wasn't realizing how good God really was until I started walking up here. And I started feeling like I was going to break down. I said, no, 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 no. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to be honest with you, it's kind of, it honestly goes right along with my message tonight, believe it or not. <laughs> the title of my message tonight is, What You See is What You Get. And I'm going to be reading scripture out of Psalm chapter 91. What I want to talk about tonight is our perspective. You know, uh, we can kind of give a definition. I'm going to read you the definition here real quick of perspective. Some of you artists know exactly what I'm talking about, you know, the... In, per, in art and drawing, perspective is the art of drawing solid objects on a two-dimensional surface so as to give the right impression of their height, width, depth, and position in relation to each other when viewed from a particular, particular point. The second part of that definition is a particular attitude toward or a way of regarding something or a point of view. And that's what I really want to focus on tonight is because how we look at things, how we look at something that's happened in our life. It's from our viewpoint that things start happening. It's from our viewpoint of what we see happening, trauma, being hurt, doesn't matter what it is. How we look at it, face value, is what we d decide things from. And we can only go by hindsight, what we've seen happen or what we've had happen to us in our lives to judge what we do in this situation or circumstance when it arises. You know, or we look at others and talk to others and say, you know, well, I've seen them go through this and I'm going to get help from them. And that's all good and great, but... What I want to talk about is how we can get from God's perspective into our own situations tonight, okay? Because that's, it's a really important aspect of what we're talking about. And uh, what I want to do, I'm going to start reading in Psalm 91. It says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, My refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for it is He who delivers you from the snare of the trapper, and from the deadly pestilence, and will cover you with his uh, pinions, and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and bulwark. You will not be afraid of the terror by night, or of the arrow that flies by day, or of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. For you have made the Lord my refuge, even the Most High your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. For he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands, and you will not strike your foot against the stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra, and the young lion and serpent you will trample down. I'm going to pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, God, I thank you for tonight, Father. Lord, I thank you for this blessing. And God has always asked you to take me completely out of this picture, Father. Lord, just use me as a voice tonight. Father, speak only that which you wish to be spoken, Father, and let it penetrate our hearts and minds. Father, to give us something to look forward to, to bring us joy, to bring us peace, to bring us closer to you, most of all, God. And Lord, to bring us into a, a closer relationship with you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. You know... As I was looking up different things in the Bible, looking up as far as perspective, you know, there's one thing I started noticing, you know, in, in the Old Testament, when God pulled Abraham out of the tent to tell him, you know, your descendants are going to be numbered as the stars, 
He pulled him out outside of the tent and said, Look up to the sky. Do you see all the stars? He changed his viewpoint from being inside of a tent and brought him out and said, These stars are going to be, if you can count all these stars, it's going to be the number of your descendants. It's, it's a multitude. And he done the same thing with Jacob. You know, took him and showed him the promised land and said, Look to the north, the south, the east, the west. All that you can see I give to you is a promise. But the whole thing is, is God showed it to him from God's perspective. Both of them. You know, and, it, and that's a, it's a really important thing that we really want to bring out and understand is because that's what God wants for us to do is look at things from his perspective. And we can only do that from a certain place. And that very first scripture says, you know, uh, in Psalm 91, it says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And that's what really got me and even brought me to this passage of Scripture. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. I, I used to have it memorized. I'm not going to lie, I, I quoted it all the time. And, uh, but this very first passage here, you know, the secret place of the Most High, it's, it's supposed to be for everybody, but sadly it's not. I mean, and, and that's, that's the hard truth about what we're talking about, is because you kind of look at it as like the, the Holy Temple, the outer court, inner court, Holy of Holies, okay? There's some people that are so close to God, they don't see anything going wrong. You know what I mean? They see everything from God's point of view. They're so close to Him, it's just like everything's, hey, no matter what happens, everything's good. And we see these people, and they're smiling in the, in the face of some of the worst circumstances ever. You know, and they're just like, my gosh, God hates me. You know, and that's generally what I think. I'm just like, why, God? I mean, Lord, I've been trying to do this and trying to do that. And look over here, you know, look over there. I mean, they're happy. And here I am, I'm suffering. I mean, come on. You know, and uh, you start thinking it's, I, I wasn't really in the, the secret place of the Most High. I'm invited there, but I'm not there. I am not there. Okay? The thing is, is being on the outside, a lot of times what we do is we wait for our situation or our circumstance or our trauma or these things that happen in our life to bring us closer to God. We wander around on the outside waiting for something to happen, and when it does, then we seek God. And like, hey, God, you know, what's going on here? You know, I needed you with this, you know. And then when God was like, listen, I needed you right here the whole time. You've been invited to be in this place, in this presence with me, you know. <clears throat> and the Bible tells us in John 16, 33, These things I've spoken to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world, okay. Basically, Jesus said, listen, in this world you're going to suffer. I suffered, but I overcame it. I overcame all of it. You know, you're going to face trials. You're going to face tribulations. You're going to face trauma. But I've already conquered it all. I've already defeated it all. And through me, so can you. But we have to be able to see through uh, not our linear view path, just to be honest with you. Not through what we see happening right in front of us. Because I'm telling you, when you're in a storm, it's hard to see what's going on around. You know, and that's the whole thing. Because God, y'all ever heard the expression, God's light? Now, like, I get scientific a lot, and I apologize, I'm sorry, but, you know, we see things because of reflection of light in our eyes. Now, if we direct our eyes to the true light, and things start reflecting, we start seeing things differently. Okay? And that's what God really wants us to do. You know, and I'm going to tell you all a little story about Saturday, okay? It broke my heart. I have a take-a-kid fishing tournament on Saturday at Lake Malone, and, uh, we're out there fishing. We walk up the big hill, fish off the damn Lake Malone, and come back down. We're 
We see my cousin and his wife and little daughter over there fishing. They done got some crappie and catfish over there. He's like, well, here, just fish here, man. We done stocked up. Of course, we had Noel with us and Levi. And uh, me and Ashley was sitting there, and they wanted to fish there. So we was like, that's fine. Let's do it. We wasn't there 15 minutes, and Levi hooks into a darn catfish. I kid you not, that thing's between 15 and 20 pounds. And we're up on these rocks, and I just know, I'm like, oh, no, there's no way he's going to get that thing in. You know, so I'm starting, my mind starts going. I want to help him. You know, I want to see him pull something in that big and, and win the tournament, the biggest fish of the tournament. I want to see all that happen. I'm his dad. Of course I want to see good things happen to him. So me, I start climbing down the rocks, getting close to the edge of the water, you know. And, and Noah, I'm like, hey, Noah, run get that dip net. Because I'm like, if I bend over and grab his fish out of the water, it's going to pull me in. You know, I would swim to the other side with it, no problem, but hey, you know. <coughs> he's sitting there trying to fight it and trying to get it over close to me, brought it around a tree, and lo and behold, we're sitting there waiting. I said, don't get it too close to me. I'm afraid if it sees me and I try to grab it, it'll flop and snap the line. I'm trying to look out for him, okay? Waited too long. It snapped the line. It tore that boy a plum up. I hate to embarrass you. He turned around, he started crying. <laughs> He was upset, and it upset me as his dad. You know, but here's the thing. I tell him, you know, it was all about having fun. You know, he's, he's caught the biggest fish in that tournament before. He don't have to do it again. You know, and that's what I told him. Some other kid needs to be able to do that too, you know. We don't have to do that every single time. And he started being a little more okay with it, and he started having more fun and kind of let that go. Did he let the fish go? No, we tried to go back and catch it again yesterday, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, we took Noah with us too. And here's the thing, Noah's out there, and he casts, and literally within five minutes, that boy done hooked that thing. And here he goes hollering for Levi. Levi, Levi, to hand him the pole to try to get it in again. You know, I was trying to catch him minutes to help him catch it and everything, and man, that just blessed my soul. And I told him, I said, Noah, I'm proud of you, boy. You know, I, and that's what I want to see both of them doing as cousins. You know what I mean? Uh, that, that spoke a lot about his character, and I told him that. But the whole thing about the, the fishing tournament was, is I, I, I was looking at this from so many different points of view, and I didn't really think about it until yesterday evening and a lot today when I was studying for this, because you know how many different ways I could look at that? Well, I failed Levi as a father. I didn't properly show him how to tie a hook on the line, and that could be the reason why the line broke. Afterwards, I showed him how to properly tie a hook on the line. I, that was the viewpoint I was going with. Or I, I waited too long, or I, I told no to get the detonator, or I should have just went ahead and had him bring it up to me and try to put my hand through its mouth. You know what I mean? Stuck it out the gill and dove in with it, swam to the other side. So I looked at all the ways that I handled this and could have handled it better, and all these different viewpoints. But you know the one viewpoint that I missed? There's a very good possibility I wouldn't even been able to be there with him. There's a very good possibility I could have been buried with a tombstone and have kids with, without a father because I'd done something stupid, made a wrong choice, or I could be locked up in jail, you know? <laughs> I mean, then I start realizing how God's really blessed me. I mean... I could have looked at it like, God, why did you let that fish get away? No. No, I got to spend time with my son and my nephew and my wife on something yesterday, Saturday that blessed my soul. Amen. So that's all about perspective and how we look at things, man. And I'm telling you, 
I spent a lot of time looking at a lot of the traumas and things that I faced in my life. It's like, God, why, why, why? I mean, I've tried to do this. I've, tr- I've tried to pastor a church. I've tried to preach. I've, I've tried to witness the people who's lost. I've led people to you, God. What about me? <laughs> well, you're way over there. I've been right here the whole time. I mean, seriously. You know, and I, I know it's, it, I was talking to Gary last night, and it kind of seems cliche, but we was at a vendor mall not too long ago, and both of our parents had this picture hanging on the walls, the footprints in the sand, okay? Don't know what happened to them, either one of them, but we seen it sitting there, it was $2. I'm like, you know, that thing's about 30 years old. But we bought it just because, you know, just for the memories and stuff like that. But it's the same thing. You know, going through all this stuff, and you look back and you see just one pair of footprints, and you're like, God, where was you at? Oh, I was there. I was packing you, son. I was packing you the whole time. I packed you through all of it. You know, and that, man, that just, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know? Because like I've said, I've made a lot of stupid choices in my life. And now I look back and I try to line it all out and I'm praying and I'm, I'm reading God's Word. And I'm like, okay, God, show me where I messed up. What was going on? And I'm going to show, give you a little bit of what God showed me. And it's, I know this is going to speak to a lot of you. Uh, a lot of us have a lot of similar things in here with physical pain, emotional pain, traumas. I mean, that's why we're here. We're, trying to, we're here for life recovery. It's not just about addiction recovery. You know, and that's, that's the important thing. But yes, God will deliver you from addiction. I promise you. I promise you. That, that's, that is a promise from right here. Something happens in our life. And I'm going to use an example, okay? I was on vacation, had a wreck, messed my back up, I had to go through surgery. Mike, he knows this very well because he's been through basically the same thing. When this first happened, I wasn't all, you know what, it's over for me, I quit, I'm done, you know. I wasn't immediately trying to sign up and get disability. That's not what I wanted. It was the last thing I wanted. What I had was determination. Oh, no. Yeah, I feel it, but it isn't, no, sir, you're not going to take me down. No, absolutely not. I'll have surgery, be back up on my feet ten times better before. That was what my first initial thought was. And then I started thinking, you know, that's that way with everything. If some kind of trauma happened or somebody caused me a trauma, I had determination to fix it. And no matter if it was right or wrong, okay? The, the determination was there. When the determination started kind of fading because what I was seeing happening wasn't happening, then started sitting in a little bit of depression. Okay, you know, a year later, and I've still not had the back surgery because I found stuff in my lungs that kept me from having surgery. I'm still on pain pills, you know, and wasn't even supposed to be. And that guy got to take care of all this stuff in my lungs first. All right, now I'm starting to get a little bit down. I'm stuck in the house all the time. You know, everything's just not going the way that I anticipated it going. You know, I was going to take the hit and move on. I was going to take a hit like a champ. <laughs> Didn't work out that way. So my determination kind of started turning into depression. And then from depression, it went to denial. Oh, no, this was not supposed to happen. It's not the way it was supposed to be. You know, it was not supposed to happen like this. this God, this ain't what you got for me. Absolutely not. This isn't what you showed me years ago. No. And if from that, n- denial, 
it turned into defeat. I was whipped. From that point right there is when I, I know that I started abusing my pain medicine. I'm just going to be honest with you. I was defeated. I didn't care. I needed something. I needed help. What, all my plans gone, done away with. You know, I might kind of touch on this about his personal life on the aspect of this yesterday, too. You know, and it's, isn't it funny how everything God does you, is universal? I mean, it's just, my goodness. He's so good. From this point right here, determination to depression and denial all kind of work together. That it causes defeat, okay? And once defeat happens, that's whenever a person is in need of deliverance. So it's like the five Ds, basically. You know, including me being a big dummy, just to be truthful about it. You know, I mean, listen, I've done what I thought was best for me in the current circumstance and situation that I was in based on what I saw right directly in front of me, what I saw with others and everything else. Okay, I've seen others going to the pain clinic and taking their pain medication the right way and being able to function life somewhat normally. Okay, yeah, so that's, that's why, absolutely, that's not what God had for me. That's not what was supposed to happen. You know, my viewpoint was always skewed because I was looking linear. I was looking outward instead of upward. That's my, that was my mistake. You understand? That was my biggest mistake because I'm like, okay, i got to fix all these problems around me. And by fixing them, all I did was self-medicate and dull and numb them. That was it. I would drink everything in front of me, take anything in front of me, because I didn't want to think about nothing. I wanted my mind to shut down completely. If so much happened within a short amount of time there, I just felt like I was about to lose my mind. And that was, felt like at that time it was the only thing that brought me stability to a sense. And I hate saying it like that because it didn't. It absolutely did not. It seems that way at first, but that's because it's the biggest lie of the enemy there is. It is a lie. Everything else started falling apart, and guess what? What I was doing fixed everything else that fell apart, so this was going to fix what else was falling apart. And it just kept spiraling out of control. And then it was more and more and more and more. You see? And that's how it all works, and that's the reason why it is a lie from the enemy. You know, we get to that point where, you know, there's nothing left, and we're rock bottom, and we need that deliverance. Guess what? God's still right there. You know, I'm still here. All you got to do is look. I mean, I could have been in that presence and, and avoided all of that. My mistake. I take the blame for it. I most definitely do. I, man, coming from a, being behind a pulpit for two years, pastoring a church, into what I did, oh my goodness, man, you would not believe. I knew better. I didn't only know better because I was raised differently. I knew better because I was brought up differently by a father that, Told me better, showed me better. It was all there. But I started slowly believing the lies of the enemy, the things around me that I seen and stuff like that. And it got a hold of me, and it sure did. But you know where I'm at right now? That's where that one good scripture comes in, Romans 8, 28. For all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord God Almighty and are called according to his purpose. Absolutely not. Not right now. You ain't calling yet. <laughs> but what I want to do is kind of give you the idea there's certain things we can do to help us change our perspective because listen life is going to happen trauma is going to happen bad things are going to happen um because we're alive in the flesh right now okay it's how we deal with those things and how we recognize them that gets us through 
And that's what God wants for us, okay? God wants us in His presence as close to Him as possible so not only can He guide us through it, that He can be there with us through it in Himself. That's what He wants. He wants us in a personal, close relationship with Him. The first thing is God's Word, okay? Without this right here, it's not going to happen. We get close to God and understand His will and understand His purpose and understand His glory for our lives through His Word, okay? The Bible says, His Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That's perspective right there. That gives you a whole new perspective on things. And I'm going to tell you something. Not only does, as you grow in the Word and you grow in God, your perspective about things in this starts changing too. I'm going to tell you, stuff I preached on 10 years ago is, well, actually about 12 years ago. I look at now, and I see things totally different. Totally different than when I seen it back then. Because I'm growing closer to God, now my perspective of everything in His Word's changing. It'll always change, it, it, because that's what, it, that's what it is. It's a living, breathing organism. My, I mean, seriously. You know, and it's growing. It's growing in us, and we're supposed to grow with it. I mean, do you guys know that you may be the only Bible that somebody reads today? They read the Bible through your life and your life following God's Word, okay? And then, and that's what draws people in. So you got God's Word. If, if we're in tune with God's Word and what He says, we start to look at things differently. We start to look at our situation circumstances different. The second thing is prayer. And man, I'm telling you, I'm not going to lie, I suffer at this one. I do. Because, you know, we just kind of got this whole thing where, you know, it's prayer time. You know, we see it in the children's books and then down to footy bed and all this kind of stuff. And this is why I want God. Forgive me, God. Forgive me for my sins. I'm sorry. This, And it is so much more than that. So much more than that, okay? I'm going to give you a perfect example out of the Bible. And it's going to be funny because it's kind of our pastor's daughter's name, Hannah. <laughs> uh they accused her of being drunk on beer and wine, basically, because she was mouth-moving and no sound was coming out. So they just thought, oh, she's drunk. She's like, no, I, absolutely, I'm not drunk on beer. I'm not drunk on wine. I've just got a lot going on. You know, and i got stuff i got to get off of me, and I'm talking to God, okay? Now, let me ask you something. If I come up here to this altar and I started praying, you'd know I was praying, wouldn't you? Even if I was mouth was moving and no words was coming out. You know why? Because I'd probably kneel down at the altar and you'd see my lips move. But you, you wouldn't come up and accuse me of being drunk. This is the difference right here that I seen when, it, when it, this was brought out to me. Hannah wasn't up at the altar praying. Listen, she was probably walking around the middle of the supermarket with her mouth moving. She was in everyday life. People seen her in what would have been called normal. If they would have seen her in the temple or something like that, none of this would have ever been said. So she was going to God in the midst of everything, okay? Mouth moving, turning it all over to God, turning all of her anxieties and all of her cares and worries, just, just telling God all about it right in front of everybody that was looking as she was walking along, living her life at work, doing whatever. You know, and that's, that's the whole thing. we got to get to a point where we can do that. You know, right in the middle of something that's going on in our life, we can just start praying, standing right there. It doesn't matter if it's at work. It doesn't matter if we're walking through the Walmart. Now, listen, don't get all crazy with it. I mean, you know what I mean? Because that, that, that's a part that goes against the Bible, too, just to be honest with you. You can start getting out there acting a fool, and that's just a little bit too much. 
you know, but there, there is a fine line, okay? But God does want us to come to Him in prayer. That's a part of bringing us closer to Him. And that's a part of us getting to see things from His viewpoint, seeing things happening and, and starting to see blessings. And Because I'm going to be honest with you, it's all about His glory. When I start seeing things from His perspective, I start realizing, well, you know, this isn't what I've seen happening 20 years ago. I didn't see myself at this point in time right now. God did, truthfully. And, and now I understand that. So now I'm like, okay, if I can get to that point where I can see where God has me for real 20 years from now, then I'm at peace for this next 20 years. And that's really what he wants. The third thing, uh, actually I'm going to give one more scripture here. It's Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything in prayer and petition, petition present your requests to God, okay? That just says it all right there. It's casting everything on him. You know, let him know what you need. Let him know. He already knows anyway. He's just waiting for you to ask him. If you parents out here know exactly what I'm talking about. When your kids come up and they're getting ready to ask you something, you know what they're about to ask. Most of the time, nine times out of ten. You know, because we're parents. And just like he is, he's our father. Go back to Psalm 91. I'm going to read these last three verses in Psalm 91. In verse 14 it says, Because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble and I will rescue him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and let him see my salvation. This is God talking right here. Okay? Listen, when I study stuff in the scripture, you know, like I want to know that there's different authors to a lot of the Psalms. Some of them's from Moses, some of them's from David. This one's untitled. A lot of people say Moses because Moses wrote the previous one, Psalm 90, and there's some kind of tones that kind of goes back, you know, to Deuteronomy that kind of reminds you of what Moses talked about, but there is also David. So there's no, there's no actual knowing who it is. But when, we, like when a pastor or a preacher studies the Bible, we want to know that, you know, because we want to go back and say, okay, what a point in time, when was this written, what was going on around him? Because we want that perspective of everything to put in so that way we can truly see what God... But this is not there. <laughs> but it's, it is there in these last three verses because it's God talking at this point. You see what I'm saying? Is God saying, listen, you can have things from my perspective. I'll pull you out of trouble. You ain't got to worry about it. I'm in control of all of it. You know, and it's all about faith. You got God's Word, you got prayer, and you got faith, okay? Here's the thing. Pastor Mike's been preaching this sermon series. He started the week before, and it was called One Rep Faith. Yesterday was Mini Rep Faith, and I'm telling you, man, it, it has hit home. I guarantee it's hit home with everybody that's been here these past few Sundays. And for me, it hits home, but then because of what God's called me to do, my mind goes all over the place. You know, so I'm starting to pick this stuff here, there, and everywhere. Mike knows that. <laughs> he knows that. You know, and... I was debating on even, because I was going to call and ask him to be truthful about it, and I apologize if not if I end up stealing something from you because that's not my intention. But uh, I started thinking about this, and we actually talked about it Saturday. He was at the Take Kid Fishing Tournament, too, and we were sitting there under the canopy, and you know, I kind of told him what I've been studying. My whole plan tonight was to do a sermon on baptism and how baptism is an act of spiritual warfare, okay? That was my plan. It's done, had it ready, good to go. We sat there talking Saturday, you know, and I told him how I was kind of studying stuff. He'd preached a sermon not too long ago about when Jesus walked on the water. 
You know, he'd sent the disciples off to the other side and went up on the mountain to pray. And it said, you know, they was out in the middle of the sea and the storm came raging and Christ looked down on them. And listen, it was seven miles from one end to the other. And they're out in the middle of it, three and a half miles away, okay? So when Jesus come walking on water, he come walking three and a half miles on stormy, weathery water, okay? Now, in three of the Gospels is what it's mentioned in. One of the Gospels, it doesn't mention Peter talk, walking on water, okay? The other two, it does. Now, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm starting to look at a lot of this stuff and the one thing that got me is like, you know, the whole thing is like Jesus intended on passing them by. The, the Bible tells us that. His plan was just to walk right by them because God called them to be at a certain place and told him, listen, once you get there, I'll meet you there. That was God's call. So he was going to walk on by. It was the crying out that stopped him, okay? But I want to focus on the fact with, with Peter just for a minute, okay? Because something about that was just... I don't know, I was mentioning last week about, you know, faith and having faith of a mustard seed. You say this mulberry tree, be planted in the sea and it'll obey you. Just, just a, the tiniest amount of faith. That's all it takes, just the tiniest. And here when all this happens and Peter steps out of the boat and begins to walk on water and something happens and he starts to sink, Jesus reached out and grabbed his hand and he said, Oh, you have little faith. From the King James Version, you know, you, little faith. But that's, you said that's all it takes, just a mustard seed. Just a, just a tiny bit. And here he is telling Peter, you you got little faith. So I'm like, okay, you trying to say he's got littler faith in a mustard seed? No. I would think if it was me, I would have looked at the other people on the boat, the other disciples. Look, you see what this man right here did? Y'all got no faith. You see what I mean? This man stepped out and took a few steps on water. Broke all the laws of physics and everything. Done it. Uh, literally, this man has got some, he's got some faith. Y'all got small faith. Y'all got little faith. So I'm like, God, why is that? It wasn't about how small his faith was. Listen, this is even funny too. Because yesterday we went and got Father's Day presents and cards before church for my dad and her dad. And we was looking through the cards. And I look over and I see this card that's got the Incredible Hulk on it. And that hit me right then. I said, that's what it is right there. That's exactly what it is. Peter had some hulking faith. He had some big faith. As soon as he got on that water and something happened, he turned back to Bruce Banner. He wasn't hulking no more. I mean, seriously. He started sinking. It wasn't about the, the size and the magnitude of his faith. That, that was there. It was about the duration of his faith. It was about what his perception was about what was going on around him. You see what I'm saying? Oh, my goodness. And then God, I'm just like, oh, thank you. Thank you, God. I love that. And God's saying, look, you look at everything around you the wrong way. All right? Yeah, it's, it's easy to have faith when you're praying and, you, and you're in God's Word and you see things happening and everything's happening good. Listen, I'm not going to lie to you right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, i got to stand up. My faith tonight has been bolstered. It's just, it's out there completely. The reason being, what are you doing here? Is because I'm starting to see things from a different point of view. I'm seeing, getting ready to see my oldest son be baptized. I'm seeing my brother from another mother sitting right there. I'm seeing all you people out here tonight. I'm seeing things happen. And God's telling me, He said, look, you just faithful with just that much. That's it. And like Mike said, nobody's taking ownership of nothing here. This is all God. 
there's not no Michael Putnam standing here right now. It's the Holy Spirit. Okay? It's nothing about me. It's nothing about the pastors. Nothing. It's, it's all about what God's doing. You see, and that's the reason why I can look and I can see things fixing to start happening. I, I can see people being delivered and set free instantaneously from addictions and all this kind of other stuff. You understand? Listen, okay, I'm going to tell you this. I was going to start with this, and I, I don't know why I end up saving it to the end. And it ain't completely the end yet, but I'm going to tell you a story about a father who's got two sons. Okay? His father is a chronic alcoholic. And he has two sons. One of those sons becomes a chronic alcoholic. The other son never touches it. Stays far away from it. Completely. We, we talked about this before in here, about generational curses and generational trauma and how we deal with things. Well, somebody goes up to the one son and says, Listen, why are you an alcoholic? His response was, Because I watched my father. He's seen how his dad handled the traumas and all these things by drinking and, and doing this and, and trying to fill a void in his own life. He watched his dad. They go up to the second son. He said, why are you not an alcoholic? His response was, I watched my dad. I didn't want none of that. I, I, no. They both watching their dad, but they was both watching their dad from different perspectives. Okay? Man, that is so important to get tonight, guys. It's, it's how we look at everything that's happened and everything that's going around us. And Gary, if you would, bring up that poem. I'm going to read something to you. And please don't start throwing rocks at me or rotten fruit, nothing like that. God Almighty. <laughs> okay, I can read it from up here. All right, y'all ready for this? I know it's going to be kind of hard to see. Just follow along with me. God doesn't love me. You can't force me to believe that God is good. This is the one truth in life. This world is a product of chance. How can I believe that God will use my life? I know with certainty that God has left me. Never again will I say that Christ is risen from the dead. I know now more than ever in my life that man can save himself. We must realize that it is ignorant to think God answers prayers. Christians declare that without God, this world will fall into darkness. This world can and will meet my needs. It is a lie to say that God has always been there for me. Now I realize that no matter what I do, the truth is He doesn't love me. How can I presume that God is good? There's so much more to this, guys. And I know some of you have probably seen it. But I want you to look at this from a different perspective, okay? I just totally just lambasted everything. I've been at that point in my life where I'm like, no. I'll do it myself, God. Just get out of my way. I don't want no more of this. <laughs> because I thought I knew better. I was looking from a worldly perspective. When your perspective changed, and you start reading it from a different point of view, from the bottom up, God is good. How can I presume that He doesn't love me? The truth is, no matter what I do, I now realize that God always has been there for me. It is a lie to say that the world can and will meet my needs, Without God, this world would fall into darkness. And Christians declare that God answers prayers, and we must realize that it is ignorant to think man can save himself. I now know more than ever in my life that Christ is risen from the dead, and never again will I say that God has left me. I know with certainty that God will use my life. 
How can I believe that this world is a product of chance? This is the one truth in life. God is good. And you can't force me to believe that God doesn't love me. It's how we look at things. Listen, I know there's people in here, you're stuck in the past in your traumas, in your pains, in your hurts, in your worries and everything. Trust me, I've been there. And in a lot of ways, I still am. I'm not going to sit up here and lie to you. Just because I'm up here reading from the Bible and preaching, I absolutely am not going to lie to you. I'm still working on this thing. Man, and I'm going to be working on it till the day I die or till the eastern sky split. Okay? That, that's the whole key to it. How you look at those things from your past. I told you last week, your past only exists in your mind. That's it. Sometimes it's time to let go. Look at it from God's viewpoint. Look to God, get the reflection of what He sees from His viewpoint, because I'm telling you, when you look at things at face value, you see all kinds of worldly views and viewpoints and everything else, but from God's point of view, He will show you something miraculous. You will see His glory shine through it. Okay? No matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter what you've been through. No matter how horrid, or even if it's something you've done. I mean, He came for that very reason alone. Because we're all sinners. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's the whole reason why He came and died on the cross. Okay? Let's start looking at things from, or trying to look at things from His viewpoint. We've got to pray. God, listen, I know that I'm living in a mess right now. Okay? I understand that. My life is an absolute, utter, disgusting mess. God, please show me the glory in it. Show me your glory in it. And start praying that and speaking it over. Start praying and speaking over the things in your past that's happened. I don't understand why this happened to me. It's not what I wanted to happen to me, but God, please help me understand how your glory comes through this. Let me see the light on the other side. Because look, that's all what happens, man. Something happens and all of a sudden we're self-medicating and trying to heal all this stuff ourselves and... We was never meant to be able to heal it ourselves. It's impossible. But through God, it is more than possible. Amen. I'm going to close out. Before I do, I'm going to, as always, I'm going to ask everybody to bow their head and close their eyes. In order to start seeing things, to even begin to see things from God's viewpoint, the first step that has to be taken is, listen, you've got to be saved. Okay? And like I said, I'm never going to point anybody out. I'm never going to embarrass anybody. Because this is all about us growing closer to God. It's about us finding freedom in our situations and our circumstances. Okay? And I know most of you here, a lot of you, you're saved. Just be praying right now to yourself. Sounds don't have to come out. Lips moving. Pray for somebody in here that may not be saved or that, that needs to find Jesus right now. Because we all need to see that viewpoint and get to that new viewpoint, okay? Because when we get to that new viewpoint, that's when healing starts taking place. That's when God starts moving in our life and things start happening. So the first thing I'm going to ask is, if you're here tonight and you've never been saved before, I'm, I'm going to simply ask, if you would like for Jesus Christ to come into your life and take control, and start living for Him. The only thing I'm going to say is, raise your hand. I've never been saved before, but I want to be saved. 
If that's you tonight, just simply raise your hand, put it back down. Okay? If you have been saved, a lot of the viewpoints and things that you've seen in life has kind of pulled you away from that track that you was on a long time ago or recently or whatever. It doesn't matter. And you feel like it's drawing you away from God. And you want to get close to God again so you can start seeing things from the biblical perspective, from God's point of view. You want your life to be something and have meaning and have value. You want to see God's glory work through your life. And you want to just rededicate your life tonight to, to His purpose. All I'm going to ask you is simply raise your hand and put it back down. Is there any more? You want to give your life back to Christ tonight and start living for Him. Just raise your hand and put it back down. That's all. That's all you got to do. Thank you, Lord. If you would, just pray along with me. Dear Jesus, God, I know I'm a sinner. And I ask you to come into my heart and forgive me of those sins. Make my life your dwelling place. Allow me to be in your will and not only experience your glory, but be a reflection of your glory for others. Thank you for saving me and bringing me in. I love you, Lord. Amen. We started this church, we started meeting in uh, January of 2000. And, you know, right away, Michael's sisters, they're sitting over here, Michelle and Melissa. I mean, immediately they're asking, because we all knew Michael and we love Michael, but they're asking for prayer for Michael. And here's some of the things that's happened with Michael. And, and, and I've shared before that, you know, Michael and I were pretty close at one time, and, and we moved, and, and we, we grew apart. And now you see him as an answered prayer. You see him up here preaching the gospel. You see him not just preaching the gospel, but he's been through hell, and he's got this conviction, this, this passion to not see anyone else go through the hell he's been through. Or to end up in an eternity in hell. It's, it'll, it'll never leave him. And here's the thing that, that I want you to think about. Because sometimes you'll sit in these services and you'll think, well, you know, I'm doing pretty good. I've, I've, I've been doing okay. You know, I've, got, I've gone this long. I haven't been drinking. Haven't been, I haven't been using. I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm all right. And that's the trick. Because here's what we have found out. We have, we have discovered, not just here, not just in Western Kentucky, but we've discovered all over America, the only thing that will sustain you, even though you feel like you got it all together, the only thing that sustains those that have been through addictions or these life traumas, it is Jesus Christ. It's when you finally make that choice that says, you know what, I don't care if I'm doing better or not. I'm going to church, I'm turning my life over to the Lord, and I'm, I know I'm going to make some mistakes, but I'm going to give it all to Him. That's the difference. That's, that's the Michael that you see up here. It's not the Michael that did it on himself. 
It's not that because he's told you time and time again, I tried to fix this on my own. And every single time I failed. The difference is when he said, I'm tired of doing it on my own. God, you do it. And look what's happened. And a lot of us have that same testimony. So I want to caution you if you're in here, and, and, and I know for some, this is just, hey, this is just a meeting. Got to go to another one tomorrow, maybe another one the next day, whatever. I want to caution you. If you want this to sustain, you have got to make that choice that I can't fix this on my own. I've got to let God fix this. Amen? Amen. So we've got Dad and we've got Uncle up here. Isn't that cool? So what, what you see up here, for those of you who may not know, I am the pastor of the church. But the Bible doesn't say when somebody gives their life to the Lord or, or when somebody's ready to rededicate their life or give it all to the Lord. The Bible doesn't say we want the pastors to baptize. Jesus told us to go into the world, make disciples, and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's your job to baptize. It's our job, all of us, to go into our neighborhood, our families, and talk to them and, 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 and lead them to the Lord and then lead them into the baptism pool. You do that. You're the disciple. Amen? So that's what you see taking place here. This is a couple disciples that is baptizing this young man. <laughs> it's amazing. Glory. Caden, by your profession of faith, Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Amen. All right. Well, Ryan and Michael, if y'all would want to put your hands on him and help him, we baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Thanks for watching today's broadcast. If you were encouraged today or made a decision for Christ, let us know by visiting our website. I'm going to tell you a story about a father who's got two sons, okay? This father is a chronic alcoholic. He has two sons. One of those sons becomes a chronic alcoholic. The other son never touches it, stays far away from it completely. We, we've talked about this before in here about generational curses and generational trauma and how we deal with things. Well, somebody goes up to the one son and says, Listen, why are you an alcoholic? His response was, Because I watched my father. He's seen how his dad handled the traumas and all these things by drinking and, and doing this and, and trying to fill a void in his own life. He watched his dad. They go up to the second son. He said, Why are you not an alcoholic? His response was, I watched my dad. I didn't want none of that. I, I, no. They both watching their dad, but they was both watching their dad from different perspectives. Okay? Man, that is so important to get tonight, guys. It's, it's how we look at everything that's happened and everything that's going around us.